Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, April 4th, 2022 in the Gregorian calendar and the 3rd of Nisan, 5782 in the Hebrew calendar. I am back in Tel Aviv following a busy week of work in Budapest, Hungary, where I hosted a medical conference for an Israeli company called Improvate. I met a lot of dignitaries, interviewed former prime ministers, former presidents, very important, interesting professionals from Klalit and Sheba Medical Center, and we also had presentations from people showing off their inventions, their medical device inventions. So it was very eventful, very cool. I got to see the beautiful city of Budapest, which I would totally return to. And now, let's get to the news. Hundreds of bodies have been discovered in the Kiev suburb of Bucha on Sunday. The revelation came about once the Russian army retreated from the city. The Russian military entered this commuter town on February 26th. That was just three days after the invasion officially began on February 24th. Images have been shared throughout social media and newspapers, online media organizations, and amongst the first to comment was Israeli Foreign Minister Yair Lapid, who referred to the situation as a war crime and strongly condemned the move in a tweet, as well as Michael Brodsky, who is the Israeli ambassador to Ukraine. Images of bodies in civilian clothing appeared with shots of three people tangled up in bicycles and others who laid on the ground near bullet-filled, crushed vehicles. After the shocking scenes were published, Israel commented with Yair Lapid not actually condemning Russia, which is an Israel ally. Here's what he tweeted. He said this, It is impossible to remain indifferent in the face of the horrific images from the city of Bucha near Kiev from after the Russian army left. Intentionally harming a civilian population is a war crime, and I strongly condemn it. Brodsky tweeted, Deeply shocked by the photos from Bucha, killing of civilians is a war crime and cannot be justified. Palestinian rioters clashed with police Sunday night in Jerusalem near the Damascus Gate in the Old City, and it was the second consecutive night of violence during the holiday of Ramadan. Police officers were on high alert across the country as they responded to the unrest with a much heavier amount of force and riot dispersal measures while they were carrying out arrests all the while. Violence that played out Saturday night was not met with riot dispersal measures that were put in place, but Sunday was a different story, so a day later they really amped it up. Police hurled stun grenades, they beat protesters with batons, and scattered rioters from horseback. This came as undercover police officers arrested a Palestinian man near the Nachshonim Junction also on Sunday night. The Palestinian was said to be in Israel illegally and was even planning to carry out a terror attack, according to police, but he wasn't able to do, with, do so because he was caught. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett gave a warning early on Sunday that Israel was entering a vigilant routine as security forces try to decrease attacks. This all comes following three terror attacks in Israel that claimed 11 lives, all within two weeks' time. 
One terror attack happened Tuesday evening in Bnei Brak, which is a religious city not too far from Tel Aviv. This was the third major terror attack to rock Israel within the month of March, and it happened after we put out Tuesday's show and while I was doing a rehearsal for the medical conference. So I was not able to cover this last week, so we're covering it now. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett says Israel is facing a deadly wave of Arab terrorism. If you want to hear more detail on the Beersheva attack or the Hadera attack, please go back to previous episodes. A bus driver pulled over his vehicle Thursday and opened the doors for passengers to evacuate because a 28-year-old man was seriously hurt by a Palestinian man with a screwdriver on the bus. It happened near the West Bank settlement of Neve Daniel, south of Jerusalem. The terrorist was shot dead by a passenger. This was Thursday. The United Nations Human Rights Council approved four anti-Israel measures, including one that called for a limited arms embargo. Israel, which is not a voting member of the United Nations Human Rights Council, repeatedly condemned the bias of these measures during the meeting. It was approved 37 to 3 with seven abstentions. The three countries that opposed it were the United States, which rejoined as a voting member this year, as well as Brazil and Malawi. Israel was the only country censured multiple times during the meeting. Other countries like North Korea, Myanmar, Syria, Nicaragua, Belarus, and Iran were taken to task with human rights abuses with only one resolution per country. Russia, on the other hand, which is a United Nations Human Rights Council member, was only censured once for its invasion of Ukraine with a resolution that passed 32 to 2, with 13 abstentions. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett recently spoke with Jordan's King Abdullah II on how to lower tensions between Israelis and Palestinians during the month of Ramadan. The king advised the Israeli government to stay calm and also to remove any obstacles to prayer at the Al-Aqsa Mosque that Palestinians might encounter when they go there. This is in Jerusalem. In the past month, 11 Israeli civilians have been killed in attacks from multiple faiths and backgrounds, by the way, not just Jews. In Bnei Brak, Jews were killed along with a Christian Arab police officer and two Ukrainian workers. The Hadera attack took the life of a young woman border officer as well as a Druze border officer. Attacks and violent altercations have been rising heavily since the start of Ramadan. On Sunday, some Palestinians started a riot with Israeli police officers at the Damascus Gate after Foreign Minister Yair Lapid visited there. Rioters threw objects and got into fistfights with officers, and now the police have arrested 10 people in relation to these riots. A Hamas spokesperson and a Palestinian Authority spokesperson issued statements to the news outlets, saying Lapid's visit to the Damascus Gate was a provocation during the Holy Ramadan holiday. Lapid went to tour the city with Israel's police chief and other lawmakers while discussing the tense times. The Palestinian Authority says this was insensitive and that he walked around as if only Jewish holidays exist. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, we'd like you to consider sending over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. The financial support that we get from subscribers helps us maintain our show and it helps us to continue to grow and try to reach new audiences. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I write myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you for your interest in Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, our world politics. 
We have one link in the show notes, which you can click on, and that'll take you to the page where you, too, can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. So check that out at israeldaily.news. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on Facebook at israeldaily.news as well as Shanafold. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. And don't forget to join us tonight for the Sunset Series event, which I host on Mondays. Tonight we are having Brooke Goldstein. She is a known speaker and she is a human rights lawyer. She's going to be talking about fighting for Jewish rights across the world and in Israel. I've heard that she is just great. We met recently, and we are going to meet again tonight. So if you are in town and you are between the age of 20 and 40, you're welcome to join us and the rest of the international community at the Capella Cocktail Bar. You can find more information on my social media pages. Israelis over the age of 75 will no longer pay for public transportation in Israel. It's called the Equal Commute Reform, and it's also going to help children, teenagers, people with disabilities, and those between 62 and 75 to get a 50% discount on monthly travel tickets. This will be available across the entire nation, except for in the city of Elat, all the way down in the itty-bitty south of Israel, a place where tourists go to soak in the sun. Before we go, we have some interesting quick facts about Israel. Israel was named the second least affordable country to buy property in. Its average annual disposable household income is $24,863. The average property price per year is $7,598 per square meter, which makes the affordability ratio 30.6%. Tough break. Those are the statistics on finances. We do have some exciting stats, though, about Israeli cuisine. According to data found by Tenbiz, which is a food delivery service, Tel Aviv has 58 unique cuisines, with its first most common being Middle Eastern food. Jerusalem was found to have 41 unique cuisines, with with Israeli cuisine being the most popular. And 49% of restaurants specialize in Israeli cuisine in Jerusalem. American cuisine is the fourth most popular cuisine in Netanya and Beersheba, but it comes in first place in Rishon Litzion and Petach Tikva. I guess that people love hot dogs and hamburgers over there. That's what I think of when I hear American cuisine. Just for a reference, the cities around the globe with the most diverse cuisine is New York. They have 82 types of unique cuisines. Paris, they have also 82, so they come neck and neck. Their first most common cuisine is French cuisine, and New York's most common cuisine was American cuisine. Number two, because New York and Paris are tied, is Barcelona. Then we have London, then we have Moscow, and then we have San Francisco. Hope that you enjoyed those quick stats. All right, well, that is it for today's show. Today is Monday, April 4th, 2022. Tel Aviv has a low of 15 degrees Celsius and a high of 25 degrees. That's 59 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 77 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever 
you're hearing it from, we are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I also usually add in a few personal anecdotes so you can get the inside scoop on what's going on in my personal life. And I always mention our professional highlights from the Israel Daily News podcast. You can sign up for that on our website at israeldaily.news. Thank you to Michelle Milner for her social media work. And a big thanks to our interns, Perry Schwartz and Dorit Skulnick for their stories. I'm going to send you off today with a song called... Hold On to the Wind by Mirav Hellinger. Have a great and productive day and an excellent week. I'm not